What's up, everybody? It's Trey Smith back with another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. We are rapidly growing. We are rapidly becoming the number one show for the American Athletic Conference. That is our goal. That is our mission. And we will not stop till we get there. And then when we get there, we're just going to keep on going. So today I'm going to, I'm going to say it this way. Today, I'm not going to give you what you want, but I'm going to give you what you need. And what does that mean? What you want is realignment content. I'll touch on it a little bit, but there ain't much to say until this behind closed doors ACC vote meeting happens. Okay, and I don't want to just keep saying the same stuff over and over and over again. But I'm going to give you what you need. You know what you need right now? Watching this video or listening to it on a streaming platform? You need football season. So we're going to talk a little football season on today's episode. So hopefully you'll stick around for the whole thing and join me. But uh, before we get into it, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. Help us get the message out. Help us get the word out about this particular podcast. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or any of those other platforms, I'm asking you to please give it a five-star review give it a rating and say something great that or something that you enjoy about the show. Uh, it'll help get it exposed to more people, more American athletic fans as we can continue to grow the show. All right, let's get into it today. Starting at the top with this ACC meeting. Supposedly the ACC is having a meeting today, Friday, August 18th. I might check my Twitter a time or two during this show while I'm recording just to see if any news breaks from it. Um, just to remind you, and I said this to uh, someone on Twitter or X, it's always going to be Twitter to me. So let's just establish that right now. But I, I, I um, recalled last week when the ACC voted no to voting for expansion, and that was on Wednesday night. And then that same night later on, Pete Thamel of Sports Illustrated was the one that I first saw breaking that news. So those of you that are on pins and needles right now, waiting to see what's going to happen with Cal, Stanford, and SMU, um, I would follow Pete Thamel because he's probably going to have the scoop as soon as it's available. Honestly, guys, like I've talked through every scenario. You all know how I feel. You all know where I'm at with it. I've made a case for everything just about like at this point I don't care like just let's get it done let's get it over with so then we can we can move forward and the great news is is moving forward right now is moving into football season um but I did have a Twitter poll up and if you're watching I'm going to put it on the screen and if you're listening I'll read it to you but uh I'd be curious to know y'all's y'all's answer to this so if you're watching right now leave your answer down in the comments um uh, not in the chat, but in the comments. I'm going to start doing some live streams during the season and we'll, we'll get in the chat, uh, but leave it in the comments because that's where I'm able to get in and respond. Uh, but if you're listening, uh, you can also put this in, as a comment as well. Um, but I said, with a few dominoes set to possibly fall today, and yes, I'm referencing this super secret, not so secret meeting that's happening with the ACC, with dominoes set to possibly fall today, how do you think the American athletic fares when the dust settles? And you have four options. Add two or four teams. Lose one or four teams. Lose one, add two, or add none, lose none. And obviously what I'm referring to is either add Oregon State and Washington State or add all four pack. 
lose SMU or lose four teams who jump ship to a rebuilt pack. That's option two. Option three would be losing SMU, adding the remaining pack two, and then finally lose none uh, or add none, lose none. So let me know your thoughts on that. Let me know your vote. Or you could just go to my Twitter and respond to the poll. It'll be up. Still up right now. It should be up till tomorrow morning. Okay, so that's that. Moving on. Okay, mailbag. I actually got uh, an email. Uh, shout out, Stephen, for this question. Um, it, it said, um, can, the add, can the addition of new schools to the AAC be blocked by one school? And he, he explained in the email kind of why he was asking that. But what he was asking was essentially, can one school block the vote? And here's my answer. By laws as of a couple of years ago for the American Athletic Conference were that all votes were a simple majority. That was the language in the bylaws. The most recent bylaws I've been able to find on Google, which I think were either 2018 or 2019, the, the language was, was simple majority. Now, I requested the latest set of bylaws not just for that question, but just with everything happening with realignment. And I, I requested it back when there was all these rumors about dissolving the conference going on. Cause like, I'm always trying to get to the facts and then that's what I want to communicate. And then if, and if I'm reacting or, or just giving my two cents on a rumor, I make sure to preface that. But the response that I got in, in regards to that request was uh, this. I'm going to read it to you directly. It said, we, we maintain our bylaws as an internal document. So that is not something that we share externally. I believe that previous editions have occasionally popped up in the public space as a part of legal filings. So you could perhaps get what you need that way. I'm sorry that I can't be of more help there. If you happen to have found the most recent set, send them to me, info at collegegametime.com. But um, the most recent that I read through, uh, anything that was pertaining to a conference vote was, was the term was simple majority. Take that with you as it will. Um, but speaking of adding schools, all right, let's, let's just briefly touch on here. What if SMU leaves? And so my next question, my first being the Twitter poll, my next question for you that I'd love for you to leave in the comments, those of you that are still following along with me. If SMU leaves, should the American replace them or just stand pat? I mean, obviously bringing in six new schools, you've got 14 teams. If you lose one, you still have 13. That's a solid conference. Um, but with all this, this, this exit fee money and with the pretty stout contract with ESPN, like you could go find another, I feel like quality program to fill in. And for me, my sort of hot board of candidates to replace SMU would be Liberty one because football and basketball, that's the total package there. Uh, I've got Louisiana as two. Get, get, a, get, a, get a program in there that's between the East Texas schools and Tulane. Um, I think Louisiana, they, we've seen what they can do in football. We're, we've seen here recently what they can do in basketball. I think they would be a strong addition to the conference, and I think they could significantly thrive with uh, a, a, a higher level of resources and, and, and revenue. And then I, I, that third one, man, I don't know. I mean, we could kick around Coastal Carolina, App State. 
Uh, if you wanted to stay in Texas, okay, you've got Texas State who, you know, Texas State has the facilities that you could, you could bring into the conference and be comparable conference-wide. But then you have a program like SFA who doesn't quite have the facilities necessarily on the football side. Um, but, man, their basketball team in recent history has uh, been pretty good. Uh, especially in those Underwood years. And then uh, now I know they had some of the sanctions that came out. I, I, I guess maybe I, I don't have all that in front of me, but I, I just thought of that as I was thinking about SFA. But I'm just saying if you wanted to keep the presence in Texas, like those I think would be the next two in line unless there's just a, a Texas team that I'm not thinking of right now. I mean, obviously there's UTEP, but they're all the way over in like, New Mexico, basically. But anyways, curious your thoughts. If SMU leaves one, do you think the American should replace them or should the American just stand pat? And then two, if they replace them, who's your next up? Who's your next in line? Okay. And next on my list. So I want to talk a little football for a second. And today what I want to talk about is what are the early season... So week zero to week five, non-conference games that could have an impact on the American getting another New Year's Six bowl bid. See, the, New Year, the, the American Conference has gotten uh, the New Year's Six bowl bid pretty much every year that uh, the CFP has been in place except for two, okay? Okay. Uh, I think it was 2014 and 2016. 2014, Boise got it. And 2016, Western Michigan got it. But what's interesting is I could make an argument that had one of the non-conference games gone slightly differently in each of those two seasons, I think the American could have gotten that G6, uh, new, the, the G5 New Year's Six Bowl bid one of those two years as well. Because if you remember in 2014, that was Boise State led by Jay Ajayi, um, beat Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, I think they finished 11-2. and two. However, if Memphis upsets the number 11 ranked UCLA Bruins at UCLA early in the season, which they almost did, I think Memphis gets that bid. I think that their schedule... In Boise's schedule, uh, that, that would be the difference. I think Memphis actually finished 10-3 and three that season, but had both Boise and Memphis been 10-2 and two at the end of the year, and Memphis has that, top, that, that almost top 10 victory on the road, I think that gets them the nudge over Boise. You're welcome to disagree with me on that, but I think that, uh, I think that would have done it. And then, of course, in 2016, you had the P.J. Fleck-led Western Michigan uh, went to the Cotton Bowl, I think it was, losing to Wisconsin. But again, I'm going to make an argument. Now, granted, that Western Michigan team was 13-0. I get it, playing in the MAC. However, I'm going to make two arguments here. One is if Temple beats Penn State that season at Penn State, which they came up, I think, seven points short. It was a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter, and they lost like... 24-17, I think, or 31-24, something like that. If Temple wins that game, they would have been 10-2 and two to finish the season. And I understand that's not, or 11-2, and two, 
And I understand that's not, after the championship game, that's not 13-0. However, they would have a road victory against Penn State, which that Penn State team went on to win the Big Ten championship and played in the Rose Bowl that year. I think that was the year they lost to the uh, Sam Darnold USC Trojans. So that game right there could have been, could, that, that non-conference game could have been the difference in the American getting that bowl bid or not. And then the other team that season was Houston. So that was the year Houston was coming off that 13-1, beat Florida State in the Peach Bowl, opened the season against the number three ranked Oklahoma Sooners and beat them. That's when Tom Herman got the nickname Giant Killer or Giant Slayer and Houston started to go on a tear. And then about mid-season, it was like, Tom Herman couldn't go to the restroom without having to hear some rumor about him leaving, whether it was him going to LSU, whether it was him going to Texas. And I think that that smoke got so thick and heavy that season that it began to distract the team. And that Houston squad ended up finishing like nine and four, but in the regular season, they were nine and three and two of those losses. One of them was a four point loss. I think another one was like a six point loss. And so Part of me wonders is, had there not been so much smoke around Tom Herman and what his next job was going to be, could that Houston team have finished out the season at least going, I don't know, 10-2 and two or 11-1, and one, winning the American Conference Championship, and would they have been ranked higher than uh, the Western Michigan MAC champions that season? I don't know. I think they probably would have been. Obviously, that's a very revisionist history argument because that's, you know, like, you just can't make those excuses for a team. And I get that. You know, if you're a head coach, you're having success and, and you're entertaining those, those jobs and you're a, a, a hot coach on the market, like you can't use that as an excuse for your team losing focus. But I think if you remember uh, back then, in fact, I think it was when they were getting off the bus to play Navy. It was like a really big game that year. The first question he got asked by ESPN was, are the rumors of you going to LSU true? It's like, we're in the middle of the season. I, if I remember correctly, so what's my point? My point is, is when you play in the American Athletic Conference, there are non-conference games early in the season that have an impact on that New Year's Six bowl bid. For example, Cincinnati, the year they made the playoff, had a road victory over the top 10 Notre Dame team. Tulane last year beat Kansas State, who went on to win the Big 12 championship. Memphis, the year that they went to the Cotton Bowl, they had a victory over Ole Miss, a ranked Ole Miss team. So, and then really... I bet you could look at all of the all of the the New Year's Six bowl bids that came out of the American Athletic Conference. I think all of them had a non-conference Power Five victory, uh, except for maybe that Tom Herman Houston year, his first year at Houston. But that was kind of a unique season because he had three ranked games in conference, so the conference was so uh, strong that year where he, he had three top 25 matchups that were conference games. And man, th that would be awesome if we could have a 2023 season where one of the teams in the conference has, you know, we have multiple top 25 matchups throughout the season because the conference is that, uh, is, is having that much success. But I'm going to look at really starting week one. I know week zero, we got Notre Dame Navy, uh, I do think Navy can win that game. And 
Uh, it's a revenge game. Last year, lost 35-32. Uh, it is in Ireland. Coach Newberry's first game of the season. Who, who knows what can happen, uh, especially week zero. I just don't think Navy winning that game is going to have much implication on New Year's Six, personally. So the first, the first set of games I'm going to talk about are week one. I have, I think, yeah, week one through week five. So week one, non-conference games that could have an impact on a New Year's Six Bowl bid for the AAC. First one is ECU in Michigan. Now let me go on record and say I do not believe ECU is going to win that game. I think Michigan is primed and ready for another Big Ten championship run slash CFP run. However, I think ECU is a team that's going to be in the hunt this year for the American Athletic Conference uh, championship. I think they're going to be in the hunt. Um, which means week one, first game, who knows? Maybe they catch lightning in a bottle like Appalachian State several, you know, over, a, what, oh gosh, I was about to say several years ago. It was actually 15 years ago, but you know what I was talking about. Maybe they pull off a crazy upset to open the season. But really for me, it's how competitive can they be in that game? Uh, top two, right? Michigan's number two entering the season. Uh, can they be competitive and, 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 and you know, who knows? But I do think that that's, I've got that as my first game. Uh, second game is UTSA Houston. I think that game right there will have some significant impact in December on that New Year's Six bowl bid. Has the potential to. Uh, UTSA, again, that's a revenge game as well. And um, this time it's on the road. It's at Houston. And let's see. Let's see if Jeff Trailer has those boys ready to go in and, and, and knock off the Houston Cougars in their Big 12 debut. All right, moving on to week two. I've got Tulane and Ole Miss. I'm kind of detached from SEC right now, which is very odd for me. Typically, I'm, I'm pretty in the loop on SEC at this point in the year, but with the way realignment has played out uh, and, and how the American Conference in this particular cycle has sort of risen to the center of that conversation, I have no clue what Ole Miss is looking like right now. Uh, I know Tulane lost, you know, they lost a lot from last year's sort of uh, uh, 12 and two team, uh, but they still have their quarterback and you still have your quarterback, still have your head coach. They're, they're going to be a team that's in the hunt for the championship uh, for the American athletic championship this year. And I think that Ole Miss game uh, is going to, potentially have some impact on that later in the season. You know, I mean, obviously for Memphis, the year they beat Ole Miss non-conference, it worked out for them as they went on uh, to, to, to get the New Year's Six bid in the Cotton Bowl, as I already mentioned. And then that same week, I've got SMU-OU. Don't know what OU is going to look like this year. Brent Venables next year at the helm. Last year was very much a disappointment for the OU fan base, uh, especially with what they were used to with Lincoln Riley. And then how... Scorn they still were by Lincoln Riley and then to see Lincoln Riley go on to have nearly immediate success with a lot of OU's players in his first season. So I know SMU is going to have one of the better run games in the conference, I believe, uh, with the stable of running backs they have. Uh, they got Preston Stone back there uh, orchestrating the offense. Who knows? Maybe there'll be some fireworks there in Norman. Week three. This one might surprise some of you. But I'm going FAU at Clemson. 
Can the Giant Slayer Tom Herman do it again? He's got the talent, man. Florida Atlantic, FAU, man, they have a talented roster. It reminds me a lot of what he inherited when he stepped in at Houston. You know, Houston's on paper the year before. Their record didn't show that, oh, hey, they're all, they're, they're going to be this force to reckon with, so to speak. But he came in, he implemented his system. Uh, I think it was Greg Ward Jr. was his quarterback. And right now, FAU is looking like Casey Thompson, who he's been, who's reunited with after kind of knowing him for seven years. They spent some time together at Texas. I've got my eye on that game. I think it could end up having some, could end up having some ramifications. And man, with Clemson, I just don't know. I just don't know. Just as much, just as soon as I start to think, <coughs> excuse me, Clemson is losing their luster, they do something to rope me back in. And this particular summer, it was recruiting. They've had an excellent summer on the recruiting trail, but they've, they've taken some steps back the last couple seasons compared to what they were doing in that Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence era and that era of just dominating defenses. So I got my eye on that one. Moving ahead to week four, I've got SMU at TCU. Okay, so SMU, OU, SMU at TCU. I think they need to win. Like if they're going to be the team, to, to make a run to win the conference championship, they need to win one of those two games to like solidify that New Year's Six Bowl bid. Um, UTSA at Tennessee. Can Jeff Trailer go into Knoxville? Can he? Can he do it? What's Tennessee got now? I don't know. They got is it a freshman playing quarterback now? I mean, obviously they don't have Hendon Hooker. They don't have Jalen Hyatt. Did they reload on offense? Again, I'm disconnected from the SEC right now. But it's still the SEC. But can UTSA go into SEC country and make some noise? That's what I want to know. That's what I'm asking you. Because if they can, that's going to have some ramifications on that New Year's Six Bowl bid. And then here's one that's going to probably surprise you even more than that FAU Clemson one. Ready for this? Miami at Temple. We'll let that sit for a second. Miami at Temple. Why are you talking about Temple? Temple is three and nine. Well, something about the American Athletic Conference, man, there's this thing called parity where you can have a team go two and 10 and then the very next season go 12 and two and win a New Year's Six Bowl in very... I was going to say comeback fashion. I couldn't think of a better word, but in comeback fashion, such as Tulane did. Here's what I like about Temple. I like EJ Warner. He busted out on the scene last year, uh, threw for over, I think, 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, uh, finished the year with a five-touchdown performance to close out the season. I think they still lost that game. Um, but I talked to him at AAC Media Days. And one of the things that stuck out to me about him, when I asked him about what's his area of focus been for improvement heading into the next year, before he talked about himself, he talked about the mindset of the team. And it's Stan Drayton's second season. Okay, let's make that point. But he said the mindset of the team all offseason has been to focus on shoring up the details. 
He said, if you look at last season for Temple, it was lack of attention to details that ended up costing them uh, in a big way. And so I like him as a quarterback. He's coming into his sophomore season. He busted onto the scene last year. He got better as the season progressed, and then he ended up closing out the season with a five-touchdown performance. He seems like he's got a lot of confidence entering into 2023. Listen, I'm not saying Temple's going to make a run here. I'm not saying they're going to duplicate what uh, Tulane did a season ago. But what I am saying is this. They could beat Miami in week four. That I am saying. Now, them beating Miami, does that mean they're a contender in the conference? No, but here's what it does. It makes that game for other comp teams in the conference carry more weight. So instead of just being this pushover, eh, they beat Miami, that makes that game a little bit heavier for maybe a team like SMU or a team like Memphis. I don't even know if Temple's on their schedule. I don't have any of that in front of me. But, I'm, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying where whatever team does win the conference, not saying it won't be Temple. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm, that's, not, that's not the point in the, the prediction that I'm trying to make here. I'm just saying they could beat Miami in week four. And that makes them... A, a quality game, that's the word I'm looking for, a quality game for other teams in the conference. And who knows? Confidence is a scary thing. Momentum is a scary thing in football season. You get a win like that early in the year, you never know how you could continue to ride that wave throughout the rest of the season. Tulane showed us that last year. And then finally, and this is the last one, and then I'll be done. Uh, I'm trying to not go over too much, but I've got week five, Boise State at Memphis. That game right there might be the decider of the New Year's Six bowl bid. I don't know what Boise State's looking like this year, but I know, you know, I just know their history. I know their program. And if they win the Mountain West, they're, they're, they would be, you know, in the, in the conversation for getting that bid. Memphis, I mean, they've got all the ingredients to make a run this year. If Silverfield can put it together, I mean, they've got all the ingredients to put it together. And I think that game right there could be the decider. In other words, Boise State goes on to win the Mountain West. Memphis goes on to win the American Athletic. And now we're looking at this game in week five that ultimately determines who gets that New Year's Six Bowl bid. So that's it for today. Let me know in the comments what your thoughts are. Did I miss any non-conference games? Did I leave anyone out? Let me know down below. Also answer the other questions I said uh, earlier in the episode. If you're listening on all platforms, put it in the comments. Give a five-star review. Leave, uh, leave a note or whatever it is. I think it's just called a comment or a message. Respond to these questions. And um, y'all have a great weekend. If we have some breaking news, I will have an emergency pod. Otherwise, I will see you Monday. That's it for me, Trey Smith, College Game Time.